So I suppose if you haven't been on social media in the last week or so, you probably are unaware that uh, Brother Kyle, a longtime co-host of the Cultural Hall, uh, passed away. He had had ALS, and uh, many of us were able to gather and to be able to be there at his funeral. And um, if I'm being honest, it's been uh, it's been a hard thing to think about, not only him being gone, but also to think about the Cultural Hall and how I want to pay tribute and, and what to do exactly and what not to do and all the things and and really had just sort of put it off. But here we are. It is uh, Monday morning after his funeral on Saturday. I'm sitting alone in a hotel room in Denver. I'm about to go to a podcast conference this week, and and I know that uh, I, I need to do something. And so I, I think what I've decided I'm going to do, and obviously, if you're hearing this, I, I made the decision to do it. I'm going to share a, a few episodes of Brother Kyle. Um, one this episode is all about Brother Kyle. He didn't know that when he came into the studio that I was going to be interviewing him. Um, so that's what this episode is all about. Uh, later this week, I'll, I'll share at least one more episode, but but probably two more episodes. I'll share the, the news episode where uh, he originally gets his bull bar ALS diagnosis, and then we sort of banter about that. And then I, I'm pretty sure, read almost positive, that uh, I'll share the last episode that Kyle ever did uh, with us. So uh, that that is what's coming this week. Um, yeah, I'll get that. We'll also have some news that's going to come out this week as well. With being in a hotel room, I got plenty of time to record and to get some things done that I haven't before. Try and focus on, on something else. So I hope you enjoy uh, something we rarely do. And by enjoy, I mean, I don't know, enjoy is not the right word, but here it is. Here's the, the episode all about Brother Kyle. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number 353, where Brother Kyle thinks that it's an Articles of News episode, but it's actually an episode all about Brother Kyle. Welcome, Brother Kyle. <laughs> yeah, right. No, for real. <laughs> That's why we've got uh, the Patreon group here. If you are a Patreon subscriber of the Cultural Hall, they have sent in questions uh, that they would like me to ask you. And we're going to pick up some other things. This is an episode all about Brother Kyle. Now, if you listen to episode 54, I think, that's the one that we did about me. So 300 and episode, or 299 episodes later, yeah. it's Brother Kyle. And you'll notice, if again, if you're a Patreon subscriber and you're watching online, you'll notice that he just folded up the paper and went, oh, I right. guess he's being serious. Uh, here we go. I still have the stories here. Yeah, no, we'll get to that. Uh, right. Not likely with you, and not likely today. All right. Uh, there will be an articles of news next week. So now, uncomfortably, uh, I get to make this episode all about Brother Kyle. I will tell people this before we get started: that episode number three hundred and fifty-two, the episode with Pierre Delecto. Yes. Uh, I know. I don't know. I, I listened. What'd you think? I, I did, and I don't listen very often, but I right. was curious. What did you think? So I had to. 
It was fun. Yeah. So Pierre Delecto is, if you haven't listened to it, it's the episode right before this. It's uh, it's me and a buddy of mine having a laugh. I was sitting at the gym. I saw that uh, Pierre Delecto was the uh, like pseudonym for um, for Mitt Romney on Twitter. Yeah. And so I decided, you know what would be fun? It's his catfish account. Yeah. Let's yeah, it's it's where he goes to meet people. I thought, it, what you know, it'll be fun. Let's get someone with a terrible French accent to come here into the cultural hall. Oh, and, he he's and not French. And let's do uh, no. <laughs> You're kidding. I hope. Yes. No, actually, though, I did have someone come up to me and it was like, "Where did you find that guy that had the same name?" And I was like, "You missed the entire point uh, of this whole thing." And uh, Jeff over at uh, this weekend Mormons, he listens to it and he says. It, yeah, you remember the old Jerky Boys bits from the '80s? <laughs> That's what this reminded me of. I don't know. It was sad. We're, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to give more variety. I'm trying to give more attention, and uh, I'm certainly just trying to do uh, different stuff, um, like what we're doing today. Which so now we're going to turn back to you. It's Brother Kyle. Uh, for people that don't know, let people know how you and I know each other. We met uh, via the radio. We had a connection at a, a station that we both had a strange connection with at the time. And you had gotten connected with the radio station from 20, uh, 25 uh, years. 1989 pre- is when I got involved with him. I, I worked in radio at a couple stations. One was a talk station. I, I, did a, I was a news director, and I did a talk show part-time, filled in. And, uh, and then I got in, at the same time I, got into, I met a local morning show who mm-hmm. was amused by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we did some things and then, uh, I kind of worked with them a little bit. I worked for their, their radio station for a short time. Yeah. And then, uh, and then that's how we met. And then I was like, Hey, I'm doing this cultural hall thing and you want to be a part of it. Uh, people know that you, uh, you have lots of siblings who don't like you and that you're from Utah. They don't. What? I mean, that's based on how you tell the story. (laughs) So, so let people in, let people know a little bit about what younger Kyle was like. Uh, I was the oldest of five and, uh, my thing, I, I grew up in like the normal, you know, Norman Rockwell pictures. It was like the perfect, you know, I had great parents. They were Mm -hmm. never divorced. They stayed together. We lived in a great area. And raised a member of the church. Raised, yeah, from a member of the church. Lived by my grandparents. I spent a lot of time there working on the farm. Literally a farm? Yeah. Okay. Or I'll call it a ranch because it wasn't huge. But I moved, you know, pipes around and fed the horses and chickens and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah. And that, that all here in Utah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But you didn't serve a mission. Talk a little, a little bit about that time in your life. No, when I was 18, uh, 18, 19, I'd graduated and was going to school part-time and snowboarding full-time, I think. <laughs> I, I like what, the way you tell that. <laughs> well, I... I, as a kid, I used to skateboard a lot uh-huh. um, with uh, a friend of ours that we know, yeah, David Olson. Yeah, who's a great uh, guy. His dad was something in the church who has like every church book that's ever been printed ever. Yeah, he was an attorney for the church. Oh, is that I what believe. it was? Yeah, okay. he was a lawyer okay. for the church. Um, uh, so I spent the time with him. So I grew up skateboarding, and so that was kind of my thing, and got into snowboarding when it was brand new. I was one of the first people. Back when they used to be wooden on, boards? Yeah, when we'd get on a lift, and we'd go to the ski resort, and they're like, uh, can we let him on? Yeah. Uh, uh, mm. Yeah. So so was that uh, was that pretty cool? 
being considering yourself to be one of the early adopters of the snowboard? It's kind of fun because it was uh, like cycling. People used to go as, as a novelty. They're like, "Oh, look, you do that? That's weird. Oh, Nobody does that. That's, that's cute. That's look, cool. He's got a little thing, a little vehicle with two wheels. Yeah. Look at how cute that is." So, and eventually, just uh, like cycling, uh, with skateboarding, people started to hate it uh-huh. and hate us. <laughs> <laughs> and hate everyone around it. Yes, sure. and hate everyone involved. Uh, so, yeah, so I was, so I did a lot of snowboarding. And so when I was in college, I would, uh, at Weber State, then I would usually, you know, be done with classes at 10 o'clock and I'd head up to the ski resort and, and snowboard and follow my passion of being, my dream of being a professional snowboarder. Is that really what you wanted to do? Uh, in the back of my mind, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. So you you mentioned that you kind of fell into the radio thing. How did you fall into that? Uh, I you know I heard a morning show because I got a job when I moved out. Uh, I was a cartographer. I was going to school. You were a map maker. Map maker, map maker, make, make me a map. Find why, me, yeah. Why, find me a lake. <laughs> street me that map. Why? Why? What? So Hold I was on. I was why? in school why? for at the time it was CAD CAM, computer aided drafting, computer aided manufacturing. Okay. So wanted to be a, a draftsman because uh-huh. that's what I loved in high school. Uh huh. Um, me and Punk also was a drafter. Interesting. Yeah, we had the same passions. Um, except <laughs> n- now he's in a hospital and hopefully alive. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> he he graduated onto architecture, which uses. Yes. A considerable amount of CAD CAM. Have you even touched that in years? Uh, no. Yeah. I, I did it for 17 years. I was a map maker. Did you really? Yeah, I did cartography. I was I, a cartographer. I had no idea yeah. this about you. Yeah, this is true. Okay. Yeah. Is that why you so, were homeless and lived in a... In a well, we'll no, get to that things were doing good then. Okay. So, so I got this job. I was 19. I was going to school. I got a job in a similar field to what I was looking at, and, and then... Eventually, I stopped going to school because I'm like, I'm already in the. I already got a job. I don't need to. Yeah, what, what do <laughs> I need? Am I to, to why school? am I paying for you know one day getting this job when I? Oh, hey, spoiler alert! Already have this job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I. Uh, Plus, it was getting in the way with snowboarding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and my you know free time that I needed. Sure. Uh, so I was uh, I was 19, I think 19 or 20. Uh-huh. Uh, it was in eight, 1989. Uh, and on the way to work, started listening to a radio show because they had the kind of music that I listened to when they had a morning show. New Wave. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Echo and the Bunnymen and Depeche Mode. and Which you still love and have yeah. seen all those now uh-huh. years later, right? Yeah. Yeah, still dig it. Yeah. Love it. So they, uh, so I, I called the morning show and I must have done something funny. And they, and they said, it's funny. And they put it on the air. You know, they mm-hmm. record it and put it on. And uh, I did it again another time. They're like, hey, we want to call us again every week? We want to call us again next week? And yeah. went down and met him one time and did some kind of funny stunt. I think I, I sucked a Jello jiggler. Do you remember those? Yeah. I used to make Jello jigglers. I almost in died the on a Jello jiggler. Yeah. I sucked one in my nose and spit it out my mouth. Gross. Oh yeah. My <laughs> of course. He's our very own stunt boy, Brother Kyle. <laughs> Essentially. Here's yeah. a funny stunt. We'll nearly kill him. I uh, I tried to swallow a big Easter egg uh, Jello jiggler, and I almost died because okay. <laughs> it got stuck in my what my esophagus. Is yeah. that the eating? Is that the eating pipe? Yeah. Uh, is it? No, it's not. Well, your esophagus what? isn't that your throat? Yeah, but isn't what there's like your breathing part of your throat your and wind then there's pipe. yeah there's your windpipe and then is esophagus the other part? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it, it got stuck somewhere, and I went. Oh! <laughs> I was with my family and went, and they're like, he's, it's, <laughs> luckily, uh, the jello was malleable, malleable, and like, uh-huh. you know, adjusted and then went down into my stomach. But yeah, almost died on the jello jigglers. Wow. 
I was uh, fine. Uh, I digress. So, <laughs> uh, so you do that thing, and then they're like, "Hey, keep calling." And so for years, yeah. you would be a weekly or bi-weekly or bi-monthly, I should say, segment. Yeah, being a part of that. I think I did that like twenty years, yeah. something like that. Seventeen, yeah. eighteen years. Yeah. Uh, um, for no pay. Yep. Just because you thought it was funny, and yeah, I, I I did go to work for the station a short time as a weekender. We used to have people on the weekends that would go in and pull a shift. Uh, spinning records for that radio station for uh, X ninety six. No, it was KJQ at oh, the time. But you worked on KJQ for a time. I did. I don't think yeah. that I knew that either. Didn't you? Oh, yeah. well, I was fired. <laughs> What'd you get fired for? <laughs> for telling an inappropriate joke about uh, at the time Governor Mike Levitt, who okay. was running for re-election. Yeah. When I told the joke and it was inappropriate, uh-huh. uh, his Mike Levitt was in a limo with his. Uh, he was running for re-election. You can't re-election. tell the joke here. No, I'm not going to. He was in the joke. He, he was in the car, a limo with his uh, then uh, director of uh, re-election, and whose kid was in the car and had the station uh-huh. turned to that one, okay. coincidentally, yeah. and they all heard the joke. Yeah. Did they think it was funny? Nope. Did they think it was super inappropriate? Like yep. you? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so then, boom, no second chance, so, no, hey, uh, you shouldn't have done that. A person named Carrie called me immediately on the phone oh, yeah? in the studio and uh-huh. said, what are you doing? I could hear the steam coming out of his ears, uh-huh. and rightfully so. In retrospect, of yes. course. You didn't know going into it that no. it was? There, well, there was a gentleman there who was uh, kind of a, one of the directors, a PD or MD, whatever they mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. Uh, who had a lot of tattoos, and I believe that was his name. Mm-hmm. A and lot of who, tattoos? Yeah, yeah, his name was Tattoo, oh, okay. is what he went by. Really? Yes. Uh, Some nicknames you are know so how stupid. Radio is yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the characters. Oh, it's tiny, and he's <laughs> seven foot five, and yep. yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you got fired. So yeah, so he'd encourage. He says, "You know what would be a funny joke? You do." And so, of course, I'm new in radio, and I'm like, "I want to make a splash and do yeah. something funny." So I, I did it. Uh-huh. He was right there, and then he walks out of the room. He's like, "I got nothing to do with this." Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking for a better shift on the weekends. Got right. that? Right. I got that taken care of. Uh, yeah. and then, and it was after that, that then you worked for a talk radio station. Uh, I, that was about the same time. Oh, you did both actually. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of talk? Like political? Or it news? was, yeah, it was called K talk. It was in West Valley. So it's still around here in Utah. Yeah, yeah. it is. I, I worked with uh, a guy named Martin Davis. I was his producer for a while. Uh, Mills Crenshaw, who used to be a, a very right wing political talk show host, mm-hmm. and anybody here that's you know like forty or over will go, yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh I remember, yeah. I remember oh, Mills Crenshaw. Mills Crenshaw was big, yeah, he was like the Rush Limbaugh of Utah. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> de la, de la. And uh, you know who else worked there? Uh, who was going to run for uh, Del Shanzi? No, <laughs> not Del Shanzi. Nope, but uh, he was around at the time. Uh, he was going to run for uh, the guy my, that my went gosh, east. I just forgot his name. No, Charmbury. He was he was going to uh, run for. Uh, not governor, but uh, of Salt Lake City, uh, mayor. May, uh, DeBacchus. Jim DeBacchus worked Jim DeBacchus. There at the oh, time. Cool. I met him, had a ride in his Acura NSX one time. Jim uh, Jim DeBacchus, uh, former member of the church mm-hmm. and uh, gay rights advocate here in, uh, in the yeah. Salt Lake City area. He'll actually be a future uh, episode of the Cultural Hall, just because I think he has a unique perspective on how members of the church can bridge the gap with uh, former members of the church, and we can make everything a little bit better off for everybody. So look forward yeah. to that in the future. Cool. So he worked there too. So worked there, uh, worked there for a while. And when they need somebody at night, you know, to do it, you know, so and so sick because he's really old, I would go in and do a, a talk show. And... You would do a talker? Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, just me. Like just, o- and you, overnight, just you about so, it's, so it's the nut jobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the nut jobs. <laughs> well, who listens to Doc Radio at, sure, you know, from sure. 10 to 1? Yeah, you're up in the night, Kyle. Uh-huh. Did you go by Kyle, or did you have a radio uh, name? No, I went by Kyle. Yeah. Did you ever hate that, <laughs> especially with the crazies uh, where you wish you were like, oh, man, I probably should have. Uh, I always figured that eventually they wouldn't think it was my real name. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and then and then what? Then cartography dried up? Yeah, cartography. Well, I started, uh, I always loved cars and kind of buying it, more of the buying and selling. I got uh-huh. a rush out of that, and sometimes I'd find a deal on a car, I'd drive it for a month and then sell it, you know, six months later, whatever. Right. So eventually, uh, I started a, like a small car dealership. You alone? Yeah, just me. Okay. That's pretty uh, entrepreneurial of you. What yeah. made you think that you could do that? Uh, because I saw the people that were doing it and thought, hey, it's like, you know, these guys. I'm at least as smart as these guys. Exactly. Uh, and I, I just loved dealing with the cars. I wanted to go to the auction. That uh-huh. seemed really cool to me. Yeah. Which it does to this day. I love it. Uh, yeah, you still do quite a bit of that, right? I still dabble in that. So, I, yeah, I started the car dealership, and, and uh, after three or four months, I, I went, wait a minute making more at this mm-hmm. and i don't i'm tired of working two jobs i'm slacking right. at my other one they're getting on me and threatening to fire me right so i said you know what? let's just uh end this you know i mean the company's falling apart anyway so why don't i leave mm-hmm. and so i did and and did my car dealership and uh and how was it it was good that was 2006 okay um so that's been in the time since i've known you that you did that yeah. that's interesting I, I think I had always thought that you'd always sort of done the cars, had no idea about the cartography. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to take a break for a quick second, and when we come back, I want to talk about, as much as we can, obviously, with being respectful, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about you getting married and also yeah. you getting divorced and diving into to as much of that as you feel comfortable. Uh, we'll do that coming back in the second block of the Cultural Hall. <laughs> It's time for the second block of the Cultural Hall, and uh, if you like this episode, I would love it if you would hop online to wherever you get this podcast, preferably iTunes, or um, I should say Apple Podcasts, and uh, leave us a review. Let us know that you uh, are a listener, what you like about uh, the show, what you uh, what you come back week after week. You can also give us constructive criticism. Would love to see your reviews, so go ahead and uh, and do that wherever you're getting it, but probably... You know, Apple Podcasts is the most popular for comments. I would love to see uh, what you think about what we're doing here. And if you think, uh, if you think the show is sad, yeah, want to know. Yeah, that is just so sad. We got a review recently where it's like, I tried to listen, but it's you know, two people reading Deseret News articles, and all they're saying is that's just so sad. Which I don't think either of us I, say. I, I've never said that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder I, who that was. They may, must have listened to an old episode, and uh, must have. I don't know. With it, just Joni might have said it's so Yeah, maybe sad just Joni would say that's just so sad. Maybe me. Maybe I would say that. I don't feel like you'd ever say that because no. that seems apologetic and, and kind-hearted, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so so you joke around a lot here in the cultural hall about giving all your money to your ex-wife. And, you know, we we both had the unfortunate experience of a first marriage that was not great. Yeah. So uh, I want to take us back in time to the great times. Uh, like, how did you meet your, your wife, I your met, ex-wife? Uh, my ex-wife, I, 
there was a gal, a uh, young lady that liked me. Uh-huh. Um, like had a crush? Kind yeah. Of and always How wanted old are we to hang around me. 20. Okay. 21. Tw- this when 21. You were, is this when you were hanging out at the Ritz? Uh, no, it was post-Ritz. Okay. I used to hang out at a, a dance club called the Ritz in Salt Lake City. Tell people a little bit about it because I just think it, it's such a unique the, Salt Lake thing. <laughs> the Ritz was a bowling alley. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a big bowling pin that said the Ritz. Uh, and it was on State Street, yep. about 31st South mm-hmm. uh, in Salt Lake City. There's and, apartments there now yes, that, that are bowling That are called the themed. Ritz Apartments. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to live there. Yeah. It's a cruddy part of town. Yeah. <laughs> but so they had they're, they're great apartments though. I've... So you'd walk through the bowling alley and in the back of the place was El Club that played this new wave music that it we was just called El Club? Is that what you said? No, it was a, a club oh, just club. called the Ritz. Okay. 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 Yeah. And in the Ritz, so it was a bunch of, you know, goth people and, and freaks like myself <laughs> with you know, Flock punk... of Seagull's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and, and yeah, a bunch of weirdos. Uh, that would go listen to new wave music and dance, really uh-huh. not with each other. Yeah, because new but... wave music is not really super dancey, is it? Sure, it is. I don't think yeah, so. Listen to Dead or Alive. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, listen to Vicious Pink. Okay, they're oh they're dancing. Okay. They sure are. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, those ditties are dancing. <laughs> man, catchy man, tune. Man. It was great. <laughs> I saw a commercial the other day for the Ritz. Someone posted one up on YouTube. I did that. Oh, yeah. That was me. That's why you're thinking of that. Yeah, why did you do that? Because I somehow on Facebook found uh, uh, old commercials that they did for the Ritz that I didn't know that they made. And they were horrible. Uh-huh. You know, it was, you know. Somebody... Oh, they're awful. It's like someone put it, did it on their VHS recorder and yeah, this left is, the tape out in the sun. This is in about 88. And so the cameras today are 100 times better, the mm-hmm. quality, the sound quality, everything, than they were doing at this time with their, uh, with the cameras yeah, at the Ritz. just so bad. And at the Ritz, it was a funny place out. They had a, you know, this was, it was a 16 and older dance club. Mm-hmm. Out back was a picnic table, a couple of them where the, <laughs> the goths would go and smoke clove cigarettes. Sure. Tell people what a clove because cigarette is. It's a cigarette with, of cloves because in the day we didn't have vaping and we didn't have that much weed people smoked clove cigarettes it's just like a cigarette but it's of cloves instead so of tobacco smelled, right yeah it's yeah. like cloves yeah uh, it was the same as it really is tobacco it was yeah. stupid yeah <laughs> so they when i was there. in high school we smoked ginseng cigarettes same, did, did same yeah same sort of same <laughs> sort of really principle we're like oh yeah just burned burned my throat That's horrible thinking i was so crazy <laughs> So, so, so it, there were certain songs that that would uh, I remember the song still this day when I hear them I mm-hmm. love it because the people would the goths would you know flip their hair out of their eyes put out their clove cigarette on the table and put it in their pocket and go running in and, and dance to the to, <laughs> you know to dead or alive you turn me right round. yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah, this yeah, was yeah. this was my life between about sixteen and eighteen yeah yeah every weekend yep. one of those kind of things trying to meet girls. I met one girl uh-huh. in the whole time that I was there. The rest of the time, it was, you know, uh, I was bashful. I was, I was terrified to talk to anybody. Tons so of self-loathing. Work. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody that, you know, if 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 you wanted to find depression, that was the Ritz. Everybody in there horribly <laughs> depressed and... Clinically, some diagnosed, yeah. some not. I shouldn't make yeah. the joke, but I mean... I think that people get an idea of what this place was. So is that one girl that you find that you like? Is that your ex-wife? No. Okay. Uh, I, I met that girl there. Although my ex-wife, uh, her, she, she once there, I saw her there once because her boyfriend, she found that she he went to the Ritz and he was dancing with a girl. She showed up. 
uh, uh, threw some stuff at him. Anyway, it's a whole story. Oh, wow. A whole dramatic wow, story. Wow. So I met this girl there. I still remember her name. Her name was Heather. And she uh, and so we were there, and I'm like, I finally met a girl, and she was really into me. I, I'm like, this is happening, mm-hmm. you know? Uh what are these All of a sudden, feelings? One of our friends came running in there and says, "Heather, your mom, Heather, your mom's here. Mom's outside. She caught us." You know, come to find out, Heather was fifteen. Oh, no. so, <laughs> you had to be sixteen to be at the Ritz. I was seventeen at the time. Right. So it wasn't like crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but still, she wasn't quite seventeen. Yeah. So uh, she's like, no, you know, she's being dragged away as our hands are reached to each other. No, now, as our this hands is are not torn your. Apart. This is not your ex-wife. No, not my ex-wife. This is Heather, the one person yeah. I met at the dance club. Yeah. And. Uh, I met, I I'll ran, wait for you. Y- yes, you Heather. Heather no. <laughs> so I I met Heather again about two years later, and I was with my uh, a, a new girlfriend, you know. Uh-huh. But she's like, "Are you Kyle?" I'm like, "Heather," <laughs> and and we were at a party, and uh-huh. then she comes around from like behind the table. She's pregnant. Uh-huh. Yeah, like super pregnant. She's uh-huh. 17 now, and I'm 18. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> she's there with her boyfriend. Uh-huh. And knocked her up. So. Uh, but I, I met, I had a girl that really liked me and would glom on me and always come over and I, I didn't like her, uh-huh. but she had a friend and this friend I thought was really cute. Uh-huh. So one day I pulled the switcheroo. Oh yeah. We, I mean, I never dated this other girl, but one day, you know, the other girl comes over and I, and I talk alone with the, with her girl, that, this other girl that I thought was cute. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey, you want to go out? She's like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I pulled the switcheroo. Like from the Seinfeld episode. I get what you're Kinda, referencing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the girl that liked me, you know, I flipped it around. I got the other one. And uh, pretty quick? We, you fell in love pretty quick? Uh, I don't know. I was 21 at the time. How okay. dumb are you when you're 21? Pretty dumb. Yeah. So uh, we dated for maybe a year, mm-hmm. 10 months, mm-hmm. 12 months. Family uh, like her? Got engaged. Yeah. Yeah. What did she do? Because at this time, you had given away the glamorous life of college to be a cartographer. cartographer. And I was a cartographer. What did she do? Uh, she had been working since high school uh, as a beautician. Oh, cool. Uh, she Cutting got a, hair, shaves, yeah, stuff like that. Got a like cosmetology that. license and did well with it and, and still does it. Uh, oh, cool. In two homes that we own together, I built beautiful salons. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we get married. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't want kids right away. Didn't have them. Feel pretty good about it? Yeah. So uh, at this point, are you back active in the church, or are you? Kinda... I, I I was, yeah. I left. I stopped going to church when I was eighteen. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know what happened. I remember where I was living, and I went. I kind of want to go back. Uh-huh. I want to go, you know, just for the heck of it. What so was her back. deal with that? Was she on board? Uh, she she was kind of. Her family was active when we got married. Uh-huh. We kind of weren't, but then we we got active pretty quick. Nice. So you were m- probably married civilly then. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we were. Yeah. Uh, married, uh, bought a home uh-huh. in Farmington, Utah, and uh, lived across the street from some people that were in a great neighborhood, uh-huh. young neighborhood. Across the street, there were a retired couple, uh, older couple, a bunch of grandkids, and they were fantastic. And they, you know, knew we were LDS. We went to church every week, but then found out we weren't married in the temple and slowly said, you know, why don't we work to this? Hmm. Get sealed That's in the cool. temple. Yeah. I love when I hear stories about that, like the families that really just care for the people either in proximity or within their ward and are like, hey, you know what? This this could be a really good thing. I don't like it when people are super pressuring on it, like, hey, we need to you need to set a goal and, and you need to get this. But right. So did you end up doing it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. Um, and I and, and it was a the home. A lot happened there. I loved that area. Uh, my top primary there. Really? Um, yeah. What um, age? 
uh, seven and eight. Um, I did two different ones at two different times, two uh-huh. different stints, and then I did um, Young Men's there. Interesting. Um, How yeah. was that? Did you like the Young Men's better? I loved than... it. I loved them both. Yeah, I honestly did. Yeah, I loved it, and and still see, I've I've seen on and off some of the kids that were my young men, mm-hmm. or the kids that were you know in the the eight year olds that are now married. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, remember when you went paragliding and you came down and you scared my little sister and she was traumatized. Yeah. You're like, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. You do remember when you let the field on fire and you told us all to be quiet? I told you that story when I burnt the field down. I think so. But I think it deserves a retelling well, real I, quick. It was the the 4th of July and I'd gone to, uh, all the fireworks were illegal. So I went to uh, Evanston with my brothers and bought some illegal fireworks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we're sitting there on the 4th of July and all the my little primary kids see me lighting them off. So they come over there like, Cool. Brother Kyle has a whole bunch of fireworks, so I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm holding my hand and shooting them at the neighbors' houses, and you know, doing tricks with them. How old are you at this time? Twenty-five. <laughs> Perfect. So, good. Good. So I, I good. aim one at. They're like, you know, old man Smith over there. He's such a stick in the mud. So I'm what like, a watch this. Whoosh, and I shoot one over his roof, and over at the time there's a big empty field. Oh. So it goes over, and it, it's dusk now. It's it's the sun has set, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Why don't we go check where that went?" Yeah. So I sent one. So it's a bunch of seven and eight year olds there with me. <laughs> so I sent one of them over, and comes running back. The field's on fire! And I look over there, and I can start now to see light. Yeah, like glowing yes. from the field. Perfect. So Perfect. I go running over, me and a bunch of the kids, and we're stomping it out, burning our legs. You know, we're all in shorts. The, the seven and eight year olds. Oh yeah. I'm what like, do you think help, you're? Help too, me put it out. Yeah, do you think you're too young to stomp? Yeah. Get over here. So we put it out, uh-huh. and uh, and as we're putting it out, I see coming down the highway, down the frontage road, you know, quarter mile away, you know, fire trucks. Somebody's yeah. called the fire. Yeah. It's burning a big ring. I get it mostly out, but I'm like, you know, get home, run, because I don't want anybody to get caught. So we all run home. Those kids are are shaking. They're terrified. (laughs) So we all run home. Fire truck comes over, puts it out. I can tell it now because it's been over seven years. Puts out the fire. (laughs) Now all the neighbors are out, and the fire, the police are there, two fire trucks, and are gathered around trying Uh to get information, uh writing stuff down. They're like, Uh, Who did you see? A man with his primary class? (laughs) Well, they're there, and we're, it's like a circle of people, and the firemen's there, the policemen's there getting information. Sure. They're like, did anybody see what happened? And one of my neighbors, who was the parent of one of these kids, uh-huh. who, I, um, who I'm, I was good friends with, didn't know what happened. He goes, I didn't see what happened, but uh, Brother Brown's a hero. He was out there putting it out. Yeah. <laughs> and all the little kids are there, and they all look at me with their great big eyes. Yeah, what like, do we do? What? Is it time to tell the truth? Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did help out. So uh, we we so, are yeah. heroes. So yeah. So it all got brushed under the rug, and I got a really you ne- never. Nope. It never came back out. Nope. None of the kids ever. Nope. See, if I were you, I would have pinned it on one of the little like seven year olds. Uh-huh. You're not accountable yet. <laughs> the rest of you, this sin can be on our head. You own this. You own this, Tom. Or whatever the you know kid's name would have been. That's funny. I don't think you've told me that story. Yeah. So yeah. you put the so, fire out. So you put the fire out. Good experiences um, with church service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in that home, I ran a greyhound rescue. Okay. The yeah. dog. Yep. Not the bus. The dog. <laughs> yep. Not refurbishing buses, yeah. but uh, rescuing dogs from the racetrack. How, why? What? Why that? Uh, I at the time we wanted a dog, and I was looking at dogs, and I thought this is cool. These greyhounds are getting them from racetracks. Um. 
they're really cool looking dogs. I, I studied them up, found where I could get one, went and got one. Felt, mm-hmm. And just I, when I get into something, I don't do it part way. I know that. I get, yeah. <laughs> I go overboard. Yeah, way overboard. So I go and I meet this shady guy someplace um, on the border of Utah and Colorado. And evidently what they're doing is they're paying these guys because they're killing. They have a ton of these dogs to kill. Mm-hmm. So if somebody can give them away, they're paying these guys like 25 bucks. Hey, if you can get rid of another dog, I'll give you 25 bucks a dog to get rid of it. Hmm. So I didn't know this at the time, but they're like, hey, if you want any dogs, we'll get you all you want. So I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you here in a month. I'll get five of them, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll find people and I'll find people because they're great dogs. And so pretty soon, you know, at one point I'm sitting there with 12 dogs in my garage. <laughs> and, and, and then he was going, what's going on? And they're, you know, greyhounds are big. Yeah. Uh, and they're beautiful and dogs. But yeah, they're, they're pretty quick. Uh, so anyway, that was a whole chapter of my life with greyhounds. Yeah, the greyhound rescue. Yeah, uh, which is still going to this day. So, so ultimately, you just were like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that anymore." Um, eventually, we had a, a son, and I had other a lot going on. Okay. Uh, so I just kind of let other people handle it. Hmm. That's so crazy. I'm I'm learning so much. All right, so, so you're married. We, you have a kid. Yeah. You, decide, you decided. We moved to another move house. Thing? Okay. Yeah, moved to another house, and we have a, a child at our next home, mm-hmm. it, which is uh, very close to our first home, mm. um, a block and a half away. Why? Whatever. Why that? You just like the neighborhood so Fa- much? Found a home that um, it was in a different ward, but it was one that I could fix up. Okay. Uh, at the time, I also got into. I bought a few homes to flip, so I thought let's let's get a bigger home. I'll flip it eventually. Let's move into it. another great neighborhood with people that I still see and and love those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that neighborhood, but lived there, and that's where my son was born. Cool. Um, Kid was a choice or a, or a happy miracle? Uh, on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Tried. It uh, wasn't super hard for us, you uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. Took a, a little bit, but I uh, had a son. Did you want a boy? Uh, I didn't care. Honestly, yeah. I didn't care. <clears throat> Did your wife want a son or a girl? She didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, really didn't. Um, and, and But when he, when he was coming or when he came, I, I struggled because I still wanted – I didn't handle babies well. What do you mean? Like, uh, I don't like, know how to hold this Somebody baby? hands me a baby and I'm like, okay, uh, where do you want me to put it? Yeah. I, I, you know. I worry about that for me if I'm being completely honest. They terrified me. And taking yeah. up the time, quit crying. I don't know how to handle them. Right. Because um, they can't say anything. And yeah. they're just sort of like. I, I can't reason with them. Right. And it was blowing me away. Not that you can reason with a two-year-old, but there is some element of right. like, this is a person, not just yeah. a needy body of yeah. flesh that I'll, you're like I'll uh, give you a lollipop and yeah. like, all right all right yeah so i when our child was coming we we thought we both work um although she worked in the home we thought we need some help here i said let's put a ad at the time it was a newspaper in the davis county clipper <laughs> saying because we had a big home now we uh-huh. had three bedrooms up three down i'd finish this big basement look at you um and uh, put in the salon there. And I said, we have a ton of room. Why don't we see if we can get like a college student that would like nanny part-time, live here for free, free room and board, mm-hmm. uh, and found a gal, mm-hmm. uh, a Brazilian girl who I'm still in contact with her and her husband are married. They have three kids. Great. Cool. Great friends with them still. Yeah. But she came in. She was young uh, and going to school and and, and not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried to like help her along in life. We, sure. we, we, it got to be, it was a good relationship. Yeah. She was helpful to she, you. You guys were helpful to yeah, her. She loved our kid. Our kid still loves her. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so we had an, uh, so I was living in a big home with a nanny. Mm-hmm. And this seems so different from your life yes. presently that yes. I'm just like, I'm trying to see 
was it the was it the walking away from cartography that <laughs> was your downfall? Uh, it's a lot of things, but yeah, in this home and with the nanny still there and just before she left is when things went bad. I, I have severe depression. Okay. Like um, clinical, like a, yes. so, so with this, I want to make sure that, uh, that we not only still allow you to be able to joke around about stuff, but I also want to be able to speak at least somewhat seriously right. about some of these things so that people aren't like, Oh, Kyle's just being Kyle. It's a legitimate depression yeah. that you deal with i i was i was on medication when i was younger mm-hmm. 18 they tried some medication which i didn't love um like antidepressant you'll have yeah. to forgive me because i don't oh yeah i don't know this realm or that world at all and you know by the way you're asking you know what should i tread on lightly or whatever don't go go for it okay you can ask me whatever okay um but yeah i've i've had depression since i was a teenager um and we've tried a lot of different things with it and at this point in my life for some reason i don't know why it got really bad how old are you? Um, I was probably, th- let's see, my son was born in 2002 okay. during the Winter Olympics. Okay. It'd come on before that, but um, after he was born, and it wasn't his fault, but some, a lot of the stress got to me, and it, sure. and it got to be worse, I think. Pretty triggering. So I would say 2004, I made some bad choices in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Um, that really affected our marriage. Right. And uh, it started to fall apart there. So when we... we we tried to start over. We sold the home, uh, moved not too far away, a couple miles, uh-huh. um, with our son to a new neighborhood. Tried to have a new start, uh, and I and I couldn't, and she couldn't forgive me, and I couldn't get over a lot of things. I was still struggling, sure, really bad, sure. Didn't when and when you're in it, you don't realize how bad you're struggling or what you're going through. Now I look back and I'm like, man, I was in a dark place. So what does that look like? Uh... What is the what is the dark place or what does the struggling look like? What do you mean? I didn't I, I didn't know I could never really be happy. I'd have mm. happy moments, but inside I was like always searching for something to be happy. Mm. Um, I mean, I love my son, but I I it's hard to explain what it was. I if if somebody were to tell me that they love me, like my ex-wife mm-hmm. or a family member, it, it I felt that for about two seconds, and then it was gone, hmm. and I immediately started rethinking, going, no, they hate me. I assumed that everybody hated me, hmm. um, and so I never felt uh, as I, and I went through five psychiatrists, by the way, right at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they said, you're trying to fill this hole inside with a bunch of other stuff, and it's hmm. not working. Right. Uh, so, and none, nothing they could come up with worked. Sure. Um, so I... I tried everything. Right. Uh, I was not involved in drugs or right. alcohol or anything like that, but I was looking for anything to try and be happy. Uh, right. Riding my bike a lot was one, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't a bad thing. In fact, yeah. it helped. But there were a lot of things I was searching for to try and give myself some self-worth. Right. You seek the self-worth or the solace in things that, as a married person, you should just you just don't wade w- w- yeah. into or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so then... So, then so we... You just decide, listen, we, the starting over thing isn't going to work. And, and well, well, she got to be very, she, she's a, her family's pretty hot tempered anyway, but she had a hard time forgiving me and mm. letting me, you know, I was a drama queen. This was all fake, you know, I was coming up with an excuse, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and this just made me worse. Right. Um, just, yeah, because you're looking to be loved, to have happiness, validation. Yeah. And you're not getting that getting, obviously from here, uh, from her. So, right. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. So. So in that home, I actually there was a home up the street that I had been looking at before we decided to get divorced, to flip. And mm-hmm. so I bought the home, I moved into it, 
Uh, I thought, look, I'm going to be five houses away from my son. Right. Um, Perfect situation. Yeah. I'll live if right there here. can be I'll in this kind of scenario. I'll fix it up. I'll sell it. Uh, this was in 2008 uh, and nine, right when the depression hit. Perfect. So I thought I thought we were in the depression. I thought we're in the depression. I'm going to buy this home. I'll live in it for a year, fix it up. It'll be right. great. No, right. it got worse uh, and worse. Uh, Short sale. And by the way, this home my friend bought a month ago. Oh, really? Some friends of mine called me the other day and said, hey, we're moving right by your son, by Lance. We love Lance. I'm like, where are you? They gave me the address. I'm like, I used to live in that home. Can I tell <laughs> I you hope some you stories? Like it. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I don't want to live there because I, I was even in a worse place in that home. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But you obviously, well, actually, let's take a break, and I want to come. I want to come back in the third block, and I want to uh, talk about how you got from that place, the the dark of dark, the depression of depression, both uh, you know within your brain, but also monetarily until. Uh, we get to where you are today, which is a, a pretty significant place. And then also, oh, this is a great segue for this. We're going to round out the episode with the people in the Patreon group. You can go to patreon.com slash the cultural hall. We're given the opportunity to ask questions and uh, they're watching live. That's another perk that you get of being part of the Patreon group. But they, in advance of this interview, they sent some questions. And so I'm going to get to the ones from the live. I'm going to get to the ones that they sent, and then we'll wrap this thing out. Sound good? Yeah. We'll come back and do that in the cultural in the third block of the cultural hall. All right, here in the third block of the cultural hall, uh, you're you're in the dark. Yeah, I'm at the worst point of my life. Yeah, yeah. The, now, I had I had a car dealership, and and I had I had my car dealership, and I had a friend of mine with a car dealership. Long story short. He went under. I merged with his. I bought his dealership. I bought the building that it was in. Mm -hmm. I was go. I was going all in. Mm -hmm. um, and this is at the time when things were going bad in my marriage. Um, and then again with the depression, the business was okay. I, I started good, and then with the depression, it just went south. Mm -hmm. So everything in my life. That, so I sold the home for a short sale. Mm -hmm. uh, moved into the the. I had a very small. It was a four hundred square foot building mm -hmm. and, and lot where I had my car dealership. So you move into the building I there. Mo I moved in. I slept on the couch for a year and a half mm. in there. Uh, my son would come stay with me, and we actually have great me great memories of living on Main Street in Bountiful in my 400-square-foot office. We yeah. still talk to him about it. He's like, remember when we do this and that? Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually uh, – as my son got older, I talked about how tough it was earlier. Mm -hmm. We got better and better. I got better with him. Mm -hmm. We got – we bonded more. Sure. Um, I, I think that there there are skills with uh, because I've thought about this for myself as well. Um, although my teenage son and I we fought pretty badly, um, I think that that was the scenario which he was kind of placed in. But like he came to my wedding, I, I was married to his mom. That's my ex wife. He has no blood connection. Didn't have to do it, and he came and stayed a couple of hours and visited with everyone in my family at my at my wedding. I think that kind of says something about you. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But it, but uh, I I am horrible with young kids. Like until I can just be an idiot and play around with them, I I, and I hate saying stuff like this. And maybe this is why I don't like flying near them on planes and stuff like that. Like I just don't have a use for them. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I don't know how to engage them. I don't know how to hold them. I don't find a tremendous amount of like you know how people are like, oh the baby's so cute and yeah. their skin is so soft, and I'm like, yep. Cool. So I'm going to go do this thing, <laughs> and you guys can enjoy this baby. Um, yeah. 
I want before we get too far away from that. I I do want to ask you this, and with sensitivity, obviously, um, has there ever been a time where you have considered taking your own life? And as a follow up to that, what was it that made you consider, or or not consider? What was it that made you not do that? Uh, if you did go there, yeah, a lot of times. Really, and I attempted twice. Really, yeah. Is it? Uh, I mean, obviously, thank goodness you're that you didn't figure it out, right? Or you know that you didn't do it. That you're still here. I can't yeah. even imagine. I can't imagine what this would be like. I can't imagine what this community would be like. I think there's not a single person that listens or that's involved with the cultural hall that can imagine. Um, like a like a, a cultural hall without Brother Kyle. He's the one who says all the stuff that we all think in our head, but <laughs> but don't want to be that person and say uh, out loud. Yeah. Uh, you you tried the so within that experience. I mean, you try that, but then it didn't it didn't take it didn't mm-hmm. happen. At the point that you did that, then the second time was was that a turning point? Is that a the second time was. Yeah. The turning point, yeah. So, so what was it about about that that then you were like, okay, I'm not doing that again? It was, um, it, it was a strange thing. I hadn't intended on suicide at the time, but I thought about it a lot, hmm. and and still do. But I am not going to, right? Just so you know. Um, but I, it's still something that goes in my mind because right. I'm wired that way. I'm, it's, I'm kind of messed up that way. Yeah, but now I realize that. It's when something happened and I nearly drowned. And I told the story here. Uh-huh. Um, in uh, swimming once, training for triathlon, and a little typhoon came in, um, burned a church down, turned over boats. I was in the middle of a lake. Yeah. And I, I, w- I wouldn't consider that a suicide. Well, I went out there. I, I started swimming for sure. I thought, I'm going to die. And I suddenly went, great. Huh. I, I'm going to die. And I can be, it won't look bad. I can be a martyr. They can recover my body. Everybody will be so sad. So I stopped swimming. I stopped. And I went, all right, let's go. And I was, uh, it's weird to talk about it. So I'm getting tossed around. And water just waiting to go, going, this will be it. Mm -hmm. Be good. I'm about... 200 yards from shore now and i at one point my head's up people have run from the beach i mean it's uh, a mess mm-hmm. and on the <clears throat> funny edge of the water is my son mm. looking for me and everybody told me we couldn't see you we thought you were gone they'd gone up called 911 mm-hmm. they're bringing in rescue boats to look for me see my son looking for me and uh, I went, he needs me. Yeah. So I, 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 I literally out loud cursed. I won't say what I said. Yeah. I yelled at God. I yelled at the sky. I yelled at the water. And I started swimming and looked up after about five strokes and I was uh, at the shore. Hmm. Not a miracle. I don't know. Some weird science thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get, you're not going to let so, it be a miracle. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so my kids there, and uh, that was it. Yeah, changed me. Yeah, this was five years ago. Yeah, that's been within the time that that people would know you. Yeah, here within the cultural hall. 
it's so it's so it's such an interesting thing um in the last you know five ten years to have experienced um relationships ending by suicide yeah uh to to know those individuals to know how much they're loved to know how much they're needed and and then to uh to come on the other side of of that and 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 recognize that they they either didn't know that or that they were in such just such a place that they couldn't feel that or or whatever the thing was um yeah i know how they feel and so it's hard because i don't know what to say to them when i talk to people yeah with that because i know that nothing what i tell them might help for a moment but later that night it's gone yeah yeah fleeting yeah um and still is for me sure um i that 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 is a feeling that i connect with people are like oh you're so great and i'm like thanks okay so anyway can we and yeah. it's, it, it's 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 for whatever a thing that doesn't resonate with me let me take this opportunity to say that um i am so grateful that you came out of that and that you continue to battle day after day because i'm sure um though not with a complete understanding what that battle is like um i can't imagine my life without you being a part of it so thank you so that will that will flee you by the time you leave (laughs) but hopefully in in this moment um you can know and and truly understand uh what you mean and and how that feels for me to have you still around and you're here and right now it seems in your life you're thriving your son your adopted family this woman whom you love like you are and she was there when this happened. Really? She was injured in it she, pretty it, bad. In the storm? Injured yeah, in tree the... fell on her head, ripped her head open. Oh, my gosh. Had fallen on her son. Uh-huh. And so it was a, a, a whole thing, you know, a lot, you know, could give an hour to tell the story, but they all ended up in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. Um, covered in blood and, and st- so anyway, scary. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, also if I wouldn't come out of the water and, and help them, what would have happened? I right. don't know her. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I met somebody. Um, and who became, uh, I became close. It's one of those that like, you know, I'm not going to, I met her, not going to date her. At the time we met, actually, I think I was still legally married. She was married. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to meet her. Like mm-hmm. you meet a lot of people. Right. And kind of became a friend of mine. Um, so later she's divorced. Um, I'd been divorced for a while. I'd been dating other women. And mm-hmm. then uh, somehow we got together because she had similar interests. She liked cycling, um, got into triathlons. Uh, I got to know her really well very slowly and and an amazing person mm-hmm. and somebody more than anything that could deal with me that could understand and would be all right with me saying hey um I, i'm not good um i'm not going to be good i'll always have depression mm-hmm. um yeah, i'm not going to be cured yeah yeah um i'm not a drama queen i'm mm-hmm. sensitive i cry at broadway musicals <laughs> i go to broadway I, musicals I, I go to broadway, and and she loves that about mm-hmm. me right um, She's an amazing person that had come to Utah to dance with Ballet West. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, a nurse at the time, and now she does some some different things. But uh, so we had a relationship that grew. She had, and I, I, by the way, I never won more than one kid. Mm-hmm. So she has four. Okay. So. That is way more than one. <laughs> That's a, a bit to handle. Yeah. So after we got involved, she's like, you know, I got four kids. Yeah. And this is my deal. These are my kids. It's not going to be me. Um, so you want this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, hmm. my kid got along with hers, has great kids. Yeah. 
and and to the to the point that although not a legal thing you know the way that you speak about them online it's very adoptive sounding i've i've become real close with them especially the younger the older ones are like getting older and you know one's graduated and working and you know right. kind of out a little bit sure uh, and so he doesn't he's not home as much and doesn't and have the around. experience doesn't have yeah. the interaction sure but i mean we're fine with each other but the younger ones who have been on the high school mountain bike team um, I, and I've been around them a lot of their life. Um, I've, I've got kind of a different relationship with, um, so I'm not going to talk about it cause I'll start crying. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> but, you big baby. I know, I know. Drama queen. Yeah. You drama queen. So, so yeah. So I, I had met her, um, and I, and I'd done things, things to overcome my depression. I, I knew I couldn't overcome it. Right. But some things to help it. Sure. And to just get through certain stuff. Um, and a, a few years ago, a couple years ago, I just for the heck of it, I thought I'm going to go vegan for a month, mm-hmm. um, just because I'd watched a show, I did some research on it on on health, you know, because I'm not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I tried it out, and after about two weeks, I went, you know what, my depression is considerably better, my anxiety is quite a bit better, like better than any drug I've ever taken. Interesting. And and this isn't what I took it for. It just happened. I'm like. I wonder if it has something to do with my diet. Mm-hmm. So I went for a while more and and found that it it helped me. I did some research on it and found that it was uh, it's a long story, but it will help you with that. Interesting. Um, and Interesting. I don't know exactly which aspect of it it is, but the foods that I cut out, one of them or multiple of them, helped um, the you know the receptors in my brain. Will you get married again? Yeah. You uh, you will probably. Yeah. Don't know to who. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Jeez. She's listening. I, what she, a jerk. She listens. Yeah. Yeah. So what um, what are you waiting for? Um there's a lot of things involved and one is the kids. Yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of kids in in really intense ages of their life going into junior high, going into high school. Right. They had, their parents are divorced where I'm like I don't want to throw more um her kids their dad got quickly engaged a few times. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Married somebody with four more kids and moved away. And, okay. And it's, so there's some things. It's that, just a lot. It disrupts their lives. And I don't want to disrupt their lives. Sure. I'll be around and I'll help them out. And they know they sure. can call me and they do. Or like, just like they would with a dad. Yeah. They would, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's waiting for some of that stuff to clear up. And also, so financially, um, back to that, when I got divorced, um, my I'm there at the t- table without uh, – I'm at the uh, – before they before you go to court, you can go to uh, mediation. Yeah. Um, my lawyer at this point, my parents had given me enough money to file. They said, well, we'll give this money so you can file because you're in a bad shape. You need to get out of that marriage. Right. Because it was killing me. I right. was so bad. Um, man, I was bad. <laughs> uh, How bad were you? Uh, I, was I was so, so bad. bad. Uh, so anyway, I filed for divorce and the, it runs out of money after they file and, and I'm like, okay, I have to go to a mediation tomorrow. He's like, all right, good luck. Got another two grand? Yeah. Well, no. No. Uh, she has all my money. It's like, all right, good luck with that. They're going to eat you alive. And they did. He literally said that. Yeah. Um, like trying to get me to pay up money and I'm sure. like, I don't, I have 400 bucks. Yeah. He's like, good luck. Yeah. That'll get me there, but yeah. I won't say anything. Right? Yep. So anyway, so in mediation, I I gave everything that her attorney asked for, mm. um, and they and I was going to fight for custody of my son because mm-hmm. I said I will not be without him. I'll drag this on. I'll murder somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I, I yeah, was yeah, sitting yeah. at the table saying this, and she said, "I'll let you see him anytime you want since you live close by." Yeah. 
any or as long as he's okay with it. Anytime he wants to come see you, whatever. Uh, we'll put on paper uh, the standard visitation because the court that's all the court will allow. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what you say, right? That's unless she's a drug addict. That's what they're going to say every other weekend and every other Wednesday. Mm-hmm. She said we'll put that on paper, but I will allow you under the table handshake to see him anytime. Which, by the way, she kept up. But to do that, you need to claim you make this much money. Hmm. And then it will allow me to get this much money from you. And I'm like, okay, because again, I'm in a bad place, and and I'm and my business is circling the drain right now. Sure, I'm losing money. <laughs> right, right. They say you need to claim you make five thousand dollars a month, uh, you know, plus. And and so I did that, made the deal. Um, business went under. Um, I've I've always paid. Um, I'm not behind mm-hmm. uh, to this day. And it's, you know, I've been homeless for part of this because I've had, I've always had a job, mm-hmm. always been gainfully employed, worked for the same company now for six years. Yeah. Um, and if I, if I didn't have to pay this, I'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not rich by any means, but I, you know. But you fulfilled the commitment certainly to be able to have that commitment fulfilled with you, which is whenever yeah. I want yep. and whenever he wants, we can see each other. And I wouldn't trade it for a thing. I yeah. have friends who are divorced who see their kids moved away you know mm-hmm. they see them twice a year right i have friends who every other weekend and it's a well it's my weekend but we're going on a trip and blah 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 it's nothing like that right one thing that she's done i do I, he comes over anytime and mm-hmm. i see him a lot and we hang out a lot and we and so it's looking back no regrets no no regrets here no regrets yeah. here you know we could go for another hour but we're not going to <laughs> uh i'm going to get to the questions that people have asked sure. i'm going to go to the ones that were asked in advance, and again, if you want to go, uh, get special perks, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash thecultural I posted that I was going to do this with you a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, again, no Kyle, didn't, Kyle didn't know that this was happening <laughs> no. today. He came prepared with news. news. stories to tell you. <laughs> uh, we'll do that in the future. Uh, Tyler wants to know, Tyler Harper wants to know, what was your first job? My first job was, uh, well... I don't know if you could count working for my grandfather. I worked for him for a lot of years, and he paid me. Okay. That's uh, your first job. Yeah. But then I worked at uh, my first real job, I guess, was at the Mandarin Restaurant in Bountiful, washing dishes. Chinese? Yep. Okay. What was the worst job you've ever had? The Mandarin Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Those squirter things for dishes are oh, pretty that's fun, though. fun, though. Yeah, yeah. That's the only fun part of washing dishes. Yep. Uh, John Dye, the Reverend John oh, yeah. Dye, wants Uh-oh. to wants to know... One decision that you would change in your past that could dramatically alter your present and the tra- and the trajectory of your future. The knee-jerk reaction would be to say to not get married. However, I wouldn't have my son. Huh. Uh, or maybe not. So uh, one decision I would be to end my marriage differently. Yeah? Yeah. The way that you exited, you wish you could do a different way? Yes. Okay. Uh, Craig Erickson wants to know when you are going on your six week mission. Um, when I have grown a foot or two, (laughs) uh, Michael Bishop wants to know, when did you start doing bike races and who was it that encouraged you to start? Uh, 1993, I was not skateboarding as much and wanted to keep in shape for skateboarding. So I went online and found a bicycle. I thought I'll bicycle. And I met an old scout leader of mine that way. Really? Who was into cycling and he took me to a pawn shop and I, and like I said, I don't do things a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 25 years later, um, it's my, what I do for a career. It's what I do for fun. It's, yeah, it's my life. Yeah, go all in. 
Uh, Julie Thompson Vandenberg wants to know, what makes you the most happy right now in your life? Uh, it's spending time with my kid. Yeah. Yep. Legitimately? No, that's... Oh, yeah. Okay. When we go the other night, mountain bike season's over. We went out for a ride. Him and I just like screwing around on some jumps and stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Janet Howard wants to know, what would you say is your most valuable achievement? Ah, can there actually be one from me? Um, I mean, um, I I think I with the teenagers, mm-hmm. I think maybe that I'm on their same mental level. Yeah, I think I get along with them good, and I help them out, and I, I enjoy doing it. Like with the being involved as a volunteer with the high school mountain bike league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I might be helpful there. Hmm. I would say definitely, especially again based on the things that I see you post and and that people share. Uh, Lynette LeBaron Wilkins asks, how does the spirit communicate with you? Uh, the same way with everybody. Uh, I question everything that I think I'm being prompted for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is it me? Is my brain? That's the way my brain works. I, I wonder, oh, is it just me? Is, you know, is it whatever? So, um, I, you know, I, it's kind of like, for lack of a better term, a conscience. Hmm. Hmm. Like some people would just call it that, but. How do you receive then personal revelation, she asks? Uh, just that. Um, just kind of how, what I'm prompted to do. And, and I know um, if I'm, when I'm able to receive that. Because sometimes uh, you're kind of not, maybe, or yeah. you, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's a learning process that we never uh, perfect. Uh, Joy Safston Hollinghouse asks, uh, well, actually, she says, I am so glad you are interviewing him. What are his go-to vegan meals, and what do you eat in an average day? So ask her, answer the first one first. Uh, what are your go-to vegan meals? You know what? I eat the same lunch every day, and sometimes I have it for the same dinner because mm-hmm. it's extremely cheap. It costs me about 65 cents okay. per meal. I have rice. With brown a, rice? Uh, brown rice. Okay, be specific both. if people okay. want to be Brother Kyle. Yeah, brown rice, okay. uh, peas, and beets. Just, and that covers I take all a the bases. Container to to work, and that's what I eat for lunch every single day. I had it today, sometimes for dinner. Do you put a um, sauce on that? Sometimes I'll put a little soy sauce, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I know it's not very good. <laughs> it's fine to me. Yeah. It's very bland. Uh, I love my son. And I love to make uh, vegan nachos, which is just some chips. We put sweet potatoes on it, um, some peppers, mm. um, vegan uh, some almond cheese, some different uh, filling things on it. That's the one that we love to do. So on an average day, do you eat breakfast then? So walk people through an average day of what you yep. would eat. Breakfast, I'll have, uh, it's, I have uh, like almond milk on rice that I just, it's just cereal. I put honey on it. So again, just brown rice or mm-hmm. white rice with some honey on it, make it cereal. Um, or sometimes cereal. If I find some on the Woohoo Great Deal closeouts at Smith's for 99 cents. <laughs> for... <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm really cheap. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can tell. <laughs> Uh, now these are from the comments, um, from the, uh, the live, uh, video that we've been doing here. So, uh, Andrew says, Kyle, how moving I've, I've experienced depression that made me consider suicide as well. I've never talked about it except my counselor. So thank you for sharing. Uh, Michelle says, welcome back. What truly happened with her radio gig? Oh, with my radio gig. Oh, okay. So. She's asking a question for me. Oh. We'll do that at a different time. Brother Kyle, uh, do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is it? 
I don't. Uh, maybe we should have talked about this in it. In, in this dark period of my life, I was uh, disfellowshipped. Um, and at the time, I didn't have a ward. For many, for many years, I didn't have a ward. Mm. Um, and I, I do now, but I don't go to it. I go to a different ward with my plus one. Uh, and so I've never talked with my bishop, and so I've never... Had so I calling. can't hold a calling. Right. If you could pick a calling, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Mm, I would be... If I had the time to do it, I'd be in young men's. I yeah. know it's one that exists, but... Right. Yeah, work at the scouts again. Yeah. Like when they're... You've got like a 14. month. You've got like a month to do it with the scouts before the scouts are no longer I, a part of the church. Yeah. Well, young men's program. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you know the question that's coming. What's your favorite part of your faith? Um, I think it's the the family aspect of it. A lot of people, it kind of. I know it can tear a family apart, but um, the the whole thing of, about the eternal afterlife with your family. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm big on like family and relationships, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, you drama queen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Such a baby. So sad. Baby brother Kyle, I don't even know what to do with you because I don't know what to do with babies. We're going to have to laugh a lot once we turn this off because we got real serious. Uh, yeah. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. I, and Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, say, I hope if you're sick or afflicted, you can listen next time. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the cultural hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we read.